The following is for conversational purposes only and should not be interpreted as advice. Please consult a professional before making any decision based on this content. Hello, everyone, and thank you all for joining us for Katie Talks Travel. I'm Lynn Schneider, and I'm here with Katie White today. She is an independent travel agent, and this is the first episode of Katie Talks Travel. And I want to say welcome, Katie. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. So this is this is really awesome that we have a new um, podcast that we're introducing today. And we're getting to know Katie and just sort of finding out a little about her so that um, we can introduce her to all of you. And so, Katie, I know that you do a lot of different things. You're a travel agent, but you're also a mom. And you have quite a, um, you know, different, a lot of interests, it looks like, when I did my research. And I want to start out just by asking you, um, you know, how did you get into the whole travel thing? Did, you know, um, so I have always loved to plan travel and traveling is just kind of my thing. It always has been since I was young. The first really big vacation that my family ever went on, I think I was 10 um, and we went down to Florida with my grandma and it was one of those core memories for me, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that I has kind of shaped me as a person. It was a, a wonderful trip and one of my most treasured memories. And I've loved traveling ever since then. Mm-hmm. I uh, originally, I started work as a direct support professional um, and I worked with people with all sorts of different disabilities. And then I moved from that job into a more corporate kind of field. I was still working with individuals with disabilities, but it was more in a a management position. And, um, you know, it was just kind of that nine to five grind uh, because it was management. I was on call all the time and I just didn't have time to do things that I loved. And my kids, um, one is five, my son, Wesley, and then my daughter is three. Um, They were getting to an age where I just needed to be more present at home. We're homeschooling them and I just, I needed to be home. So my husband said, well, why don't you become a travel agent? Because you have loved to do this. You already plan travel for not only our family, but your parents and your friends. You already do this. So why don't, why don't you just do it? It's something you've always dreamed about doing. You're talking about taking a break from the corporate world and stepping back So this seems like the perfect time. Why don't you do that? You could start your own business and be kind of in control of it and decide your schedule and be able to homeschool the kids. And so the timing just, it really worked out pretty perfectly. Um, Right place, right time. That's that's really how I ended up formally being a travel agent. I've been doing it for friends and family for years and years, though. Great. And you, um, are you visually impaired? I am not, so I am fully sighted, but my husband is legally blind, and then both of my parents are legally blind. So I have a ton, a literal lifetime, a ton of experience Mm -hmm. in this field of like traveling with those with disabilities. Um, Not only does my mom 
have very little vision, but she also uses a wheelchair when she travels because she has some balance issues. Um, so she uses a wheelchair. So I've got experience in all different sorts of things. Um, my friends always kind of, kind of tease me because I'm, I've always been the quote unquote mom figure. And I think it's just because I'm so used to helping out just all the time that even when I don't need to be helping out, I'm just helping out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are the benefits of booking with an agent, you know, versus booking online by yourself? Well, when you use an agent, it's actually free to you. Uh, any any good agent, I should say. Um, there are some agents that charge planning fees and things like that, but I do not. Um, suppliers like Disney, Cruise Lines, Universal, Hotels, they all build the cost of an agent into their pricing. So when you're booking on your own and you're booking direct with them, um, then you are paying for a service essentially that you're not receiving. Um, And those big corporations are able to pocket that extra that they have built into the pricing for an agent as an additional line of income. So when you book with an agent, you are supporting a small business at no cost to you, but also you get access to your agent. That's really the perk of using an agent. So travel agents are highly trained. I've been through hours and hours of training on the different areas that I specialize in, and I'm able to help you by sharing my knowledge and sharing my experience. Um, I've got a lot of boots on the ground experience and the things I specialize in as well. Um, And there's really nothing that beats that firsthand experience and me being able to say to you as someone who has done X, Y, and Z, like, yes, absolutely. This is what you need to do. Here's the best way to do it. Um, And that's just information you can't get if you book direct with the supplier, they're not going to give you all of those ins and outs and extra things that are helpful to know that you would not know if, if you didn't have an agent with you. Additionally, I, one of my areas of specialty is accessible travel, just because I have so much experience in that area already. Um, and I have a lot of firsthand hands-on experience with that. So I feel uniquely qualified in that area. Um, so one of my areas of specialty is accessible travel, and there are a lot of things that just are not accessible. So for example, cruise line websites, not very accessible. Even after you've booked with them, you have to book your excursions and your drink packages and things like that if you want those things. And you can't you can't do them with a screen reader. It just it does not work very well. And you know, they they try to to make it accessible, but it, it's just always seems to have issues. So I'm able to help my clients with things like that, where we'll get on a phone call and I'll read through all the shore excursions for your cruise and I'll read the descriptions and whichever one you'd like to get, I'll add it to your cart so we can get it checked out and get you booked. Um, I do accessible deck plans. Um, I have a multi-page tips and tricks document for places like Universal and Disney World, um, where it's a lot of information and that is also fully accessible. And some of the agents that I have seen and worked with in the past, you know, they make these really, they're very visually, very appealing tips and tricks mm-hmm. documents. But when they send them to their clients, yeah, they look really great. But then their clients, if they have visual disabilities at all, can't read them. 
um, because they are literal just pictures of the information and it doesn't read it out. So I make sure that everything that I do is in an accessible format. That's great. And I think not only the preliminaries, not only the, you know, like you said, the accessibility of the web- websites themselves, but also the travel experience. Um, I know from, I'm totally blind from birth and so many of the vacation or, you know, like I've been to museums with sighted folks or whatever, where I just felt like I was doing nothing but walking around with them because I just couldn't really experience, you know, there was just so much visual um, to the experience that there wasn't much else. And so how do you customize your travel packages, you know, to suit the needs and the preferences of your clients? Um, How do you make them How do you make a vacation that would be interesting for a blind person, say? Yeah, so it really depends person to person and package to package and kind of what they are looking for. Um, But I make sure that I lay out all the different accessibility items. So, for example, I had a client go to Disney World in May and um, she is also completely blind and she wasn't sure how that was going to go. So I made sure that I let her know all of the different things that were available to her through Disney. For example, they have um, the audio description while you're walking around the park. And so I made sure I let her know where to get those, like very specifically, this is where you need to go. Um, How to go about getting them, making sure that it's calibrated right. Because, you know, sometimes when they do audio description devices, they'll change it for low hearing versus low vision. Um, So making sure that she knows how to go about getting that was one of the things that I did as well. Um, And then trying to braille up any information that she would need. So I send out a packet to my clients before they travel with all of their documents, just in case they need them. Um, They all have them digitally as well, but just in case you need documents, like the actual physical, I make sure that those are brailled as well so that you're not going, well, I've got this piece of paper, but I don't know what it is mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you know what you're looking at. Um, and it, like I said, it just depends on where it is that they're going. I'm doing a group cruise. I've got a couple planned actually, but I'm doing one to Alaska in 2024. And a lot of the people that are booked into that group do have some disabilities of different kinds. Um, some of them are legally blind as well. And I'm planning to do a ship orientation tour with the group. So we'll all go around and I will lead lead the group and we'll go on a walk about the ship and talk about the different places and where they are located so that you have at least a, a general guideline of where things are once we're on the boat. And then we will do meetups around the ship and we'll do activities together. Um, I'm planning to let people know like, hey, I will be in this location every morning and I'm going to read off the cruise compass, which is essentially like a little newsletter about the day. Um, They don't have that in an accessible format and it has good information in it that everyone should be able to access. So I will be reading that out to people. And then I also plan to be able to tell everyone who is going with me to say, you know, hey, my family is going to be at the buffet restaurant tonight at 6 p.m. If you'd like to come with us and I can assist you at the buffet, meet here at this point in time, and then we'll all go up to the buffet together. So like I said, it it really just depends on 
who's going and what they need. <laughs> I've had people right. that are, they're getting ready to leave for Hawaii actually. And they're taking multiple guide dogs with them. So there's been a lot that has gone into that and making sure that all of their tours are aware and prepared that there are guide dogs coming, making sure that the hotel knows and has them on a ground floor near the relief area and all of that sort of stuff. I do the legwork for my clients so that they don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think that in your experience, because you, 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 you've been a travel agent since you said 2020, 2018, 2022. Yeah. And I mean, have you seen, has there been an improvement in terms of um, making things more disability friendly um, in, in terms of like, are, are these destinations aware that people with disabilities are traveling there? Are they, I mean, do you feel like this is something that really needs more work or? So I feel like absolutely it needs more work. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100% it needs more work, but it's getting better and they are open to feedback. And these suppliers really are trying to make everything as inclusive as they can and getting out and traveling as someone with a disability and showing them where their weak points are. That's the only way they're going to be able to learn uh, because they they don't know that this doesn't work for someone in a wheelchair, or they don't know that this would be really hard for a child with autism. They may not realize that because that's not their reality, but it it is other people's and getting out and, and doing those things and giving them feedback on it. That is what, where the change can come in and what can help so much. Um, and they really are receptive to hearing that feedback. I have not had a single supplier that I've given feedback on come back and say, well, you know, tough luck. It's always, thank you so much for your feedback. Here's what we're going to try to do better in the future. So what are the some of the most popular uh, destinations and experiences that you offer, you know, or recommend to your clients? Uh, cruises, 100% is mm-hmm. the thing that I, I book the most of and, and is the most popular. And I think it's because they are so inclusive um, they're really pretty budget friendly. I mean, you can find some cruises that are very, very budget friendly. So I think they're a really budget friendly way to travel. And then it's nice that it's all right there. Um, and it is, those ships are big. I'm not, they're like, they're huge. <laughs> they they are really mm-hmm. big, but at the same time, they're really not. When you think about going on a seven day cruise on this big ship, you know, by day three or so you've learned the ship and you'll feel a lot better about maneuvering the ship and getting around and all the navigation. So I think cruises are really popular because they, they are so budget friendly and they are really, they are very accessible. Um, The second most popular destination is definitely Disney world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody wants to go to Disney. (laughs) No. And I wonder too, like for somebody who, you know, many of us um, in in this audience of um, podcast listeners have visual impairment or blindness. And for people who have say are experiencing visual loss or are totally blind um, due to, you know, a, a blindness condition that happens later on in life. Do you think, how do you, 
um, get people to consider travel because they might feel uncomfortable about travel or maybe they don't even think that it's possible for them since they've, you know, lost their vision. Um, what can you, what can you say to sort of motivate people to consider travel? You know, people like me who don't travel, (laughs) but who might want to, um, so I think the the best thing that I can do, because I've had several people that have talked to me like that, is, I mean, it's literally just talking to them and kind of sharing my own personal experience and talking about my family and what has worked for us. I think a really big hurdle, especially for those who are not currently traveling, is just that they're, you know, there's they're really kind of afraid of like, well, if I go and I get lost, then what is going to happen? What if I get so lost that I cannot find my way back? Or what if I go and no one wants to help me? Um, And it's just kind of getting out of that fear mindset and getting more into an adventure mindset. Like if I were to get lost, you know, because getting lost does happen. It happens. Um, But if I were to get lost, that's just new opportunities to try maybe some of the local cuisine. Or, um, you know, I had someone I was talking to on the phone the Uh, like two days ago now, um, who is going to go with me to Alaska. And she had mentioned, well, what if I'm on the ship and I don't know where I am and I can't find my room? How am I going to know if someone's just a weirdo trying to follow me back to my room to help me versus a crew member? So being able to help kind of calm those nerves and just kind of talking them through like in this scenario, here's what you could do. Um, and talking through those things, I think, helps a lot when when someone is hesitant to travel. Right. So you handle the logistics so that the person can just have, have a fun. vacation, have fun, yeah. you know, <laughs> relax, enjoy themselves. And, you know, um, and maybe after an experience like that, you know, it would change a person or help them to realize that you there can be joy. You you know, you can still experience the world, even though you have had a visual, um, visual loss, you know, these things are still available and accessible oh, yeah. to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of people might think, well, that's something that's out of the question for me now, since, you know, I've lost my vision. So that's pretty awesome. And I know that um, COVID really, really created chaos in the in even the cruise industry, but travel in general. Yes. <laughs> um, now that we're sort of coming out of that and people are starting to travel again, you know, the cruise lines are really starting to get it together and and whatnot. Um, but how how do you handle? you know, the issues that sometimes might arise during your your clients' uh, trips. What are the most common issues that arise and how would you handle them? Um, so really, I'm going to be totally honest with you and tell you, I have been extremely fortunate so far and I haven't had too terribly many issues with my clients. Um, I did learn early on like some things to do versus to not do um, and and ways that I can help safeguard and make sure that there's not issues with a trip. But I would say um, probably the main issue that people have is with 
honestly, the technology side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, anybody, just anybody having trouble with it. Sure. Um, for example, I had a fully sighted client have so much trouble with their My Disney Experience app. They're going to Disney this fall. And they had so much trouble with it that they ended up just sending me the login information and being like, I cannot do this. I can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with it. I cannot do it. And I went and logged into their account and it was, it was crazy. I was like, I, I work with this all the time and I can't do this. Like this is nuts. Um, So I have to kind of use those extra avenues that I have as a travel agent to solve those things for them. Um, This client that I was talking about with my Disney experience, um, they had talked to Disney IT and they were still not able to fix it. So what I did was I called um, what's called the Disney Diamond Line because my agency is top level with Disney. We're one of the top in the country with them. And so I have access to a special line and special people that are able to help. Um, So I gave them a call and they were able to get it all sorted out and fixed. So I think technology would definitely be the biggest issue. And I just, you know, I kind of just have to troubleshoot as those things happen Mm -hmm. and see where can I fix X, Y, and Z. Um, I think one of the other biggest issues that I've had um, really doesn't even have to do with me exactly, but um, kind of the payment process, I should say. Um, So one of the issues that I had, especially when I first started, was when I was using the suppliers that travel agents are supposed to use, they were not sending the payment along to the provider of the services. And that was definitely a big problem. And so I figured out how to prevent that from happening and making sure that everything is, is double and triple checked um, so that that does not happen anymore. Lucky for me when that, that was like the biggest issue I've ever had. And lucky for me when that happened, it was one of my really good friends. And she was like, you know, it's, it's no problem. I know that you did not do this on purpose or anything. (laughs) Um, and it turns out it was a whole issue and with their, um, what is that called? Oh, the clearing house, the clearing house with the actual supplier of the travel and, um, that all got sorted out, but it's just, it's a lot of troubleshooting and doing my best to help when I can. Um, I've had some people with delayed flights, but there's not really much anybody can do about that. <laughs> um, right. I, I cannot call up. Southwest Airlines and say, hey, you have to undelay this flight. (laughs) So kind of just helping calm people's nerves in those situations, especially if they have a connection and them kind of freaking out about, you know, am I going to make my next connection? And I can monitor their flight while they're in the air and kind of be giving them a heads up when they get off the plane, like, hey, your flight or your connecting flight to XYZ um, changed gates while you were in the air. And now it's in gate four versus 39. So, um, those kinds of things I can help with as well. Um, but they don't happen too terribly often, thankfully. Yeah. That's the airline part of it is really probably, wouldn't you say where things could go wrong and you sort of have, you don't have a whole lot of control of that. I mean, I I don't have any control over that. (laughs) (laughs) None at all, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's why I always recommend to all of my clients, you know, you need to fly in. You got to give yourself time. 
Um, especially, like I said, most of my business comes from cruises. So especially my cruise clients, I tell them they need to fly in the day before the cruise because you never know what could happen. And that cruise ship is not going to wait for you. So flying in the day before a cruise is always the way to go. (laughs) And how do you, how would you um, address an issue where people say, you know, I just don't have the money. I would like to travel, but it's just way too expensive. Um, Yeah, I hear that quite a bit, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Book early. That's that's what I tell people. Like, if you want to travel and it's going to take you a couple years to save up the money to be able to do it, book a couple years out. Um, Most places open booking pretty darn far in advance. And the earlier you book, the better your deals are going to be and the better your pricing is going to be. And then it gives you time to make payments and pay down that, that large bill. It it really does make a huge difference in pricing when you book early versus closer to. And that's a really common misconception, I think, in the travel industry is people think, oh, well, they're going to want to sell out this hotel or this resort. So prices are going to really drop right before travel because they're just going to want to fill the rooms. And that is not how it works at all. Um, It actually kind of works in the opposite way. Like, oh, people are really going to want to come in for this. If they're going to book and stay with us and they are going to do it three days from now, then they must really want to stay. So we're going to jack the prices up. Um, So it actually works in completely the opposite way that people think that it does. So booking early is always what I tell people who are trying to plan on a budget. Um, There's also a bunch of different ways that you can do that. Like there are ways that you can kind of cut corners and trim down on the cost. Um, I am by no means made of money and I have to travel frequently for my job. Um, It's just, I have to have that boots on the ground experience. I have to get out and do these things. So I, for my own personal family, like we try to find ways that we can trim down as well. So making sure that we take a gallon water bottle with us when we go to Disney because I am not spending money on drinks for my kids every 15 minutes. Like that's just not happening. So we take that along. Um, We take our food along with us so we can put it in the mini fridge so that, you know, at least one meal a day, we're not paying to eat, you know, paying $12, $15 a person to eat that meal. We're able to eat it in our hotel room. So there are ways that you can, work around that um, and try to work with a budget. Um, Places like Sam's Club, if you have a membership to there, they a lot of times have discounted gift cards. So um, I know, I believe it was in February because we jumped on the deal. Um, They had $200 Disney gift cards for a hundred and I want to say it was $72, which, you know, it's only $18, but over a large payment towards a a trip, if you're talking a $2,000 Disney trip, that makes a big difference. If you buy 10 of those, then you're saving $180, not just 18. Um, so over the course of time of making those payments, those small savings here and there really do add up and make a difference. Yeah. And um, also, I know that you are an independent, you consider yourself an independent travel agent. Correct. Okay. So you really kind of run your own show. I do. I know that you um, do partner with um, different organizations or companies. 
So I am with Magical Moments Vacations. I'm under a contract with them. So I am with them until March 2024. And then I'll decide whether I want to re-up my contract or I can move to a different agency if I wanted. Um, But what they are called is a host agency. So they host independent travel agents. And that allows the agents that they work with to gain access to their resources. Um, And they have different trainings. Um, They're already set up with the suppliers and established with them. Like I mentioned, my agency is top level with Disney. Well, there's only, I think, four agencies in the entire United States that are top level with Disney. Um, So it would be very hard for me if I were to start off on literally completely on my own without a host agency. Um, It would be very hard for me to climb that ladder and get access to those resources. Whereas if I partner with Magical Moments Vacations, um, I have access to their resources. So I I do work. I am an independent travel agent. I make all my own business decisions. I manage all of my things, but I work under the umbrella of Magical Moments Vacations so that I have access to their resources. And I know that you are also a mom and a wife. So How do you balance your work and personal life? Um, You know, especially when you have a family of your own and, um, you know, how do you relax? How do you (laughs) de-stress? De-stress? What is that? (laughs) Um, It depends on the day. Very precariously, do I balance it? Um, Most of the time, I just be really careful not to overdo myself. So I don't have to take any clients that I don't I don't want to take. Like I said, I make all my own business decisions. So I make sure that I'm keeping a comfortable amount of workload for my travel agent work versus all the other things that I have going on in my life. Um, when I do have time to relax and de-stress, I like to puzzle. Um, I'm really, really into puzzles and podcasts. I am always looking for new podcast recommendations. I go through podcasts like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also am a huge Harry Potter nerd. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> I noticed that in my research. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, talking about vacations, what are the different types of vacations? You talked about cruises. Um and I guess how do you how does someone pick the type of vacation that would fit them best? Well, um, it really is based on their interests and and what they like to do and what they're interested in. I would say that they're for me personally. Now, every agent might consider things differently, but for me personally, there's three main types of travel. I would say that there's domestic, so staying within the United States, the continental United States, um, sea travel which would be cruises, and then international, which is anything outside of the continental United States. Those would be the three main categories that I I personally think of travel and kind of see it as. Um, Like I said, other people may see it differently or they could have totally different categories, but that's kind of where I see it. And then how people decide, um, I help with that (laughs) for quite a few of my clients when they have an idea and they're like, Hey, we really want to go on a trip, but we don't know where to. Um, so I help kind of talk them through that decision-making process of, okay, so you want to go on a trip. What is it that you want to do? Do you want to spend your time in museums? Um, 
Or do you want to spend your time outside? Do you want to just relax? Is a swimmable beach important? Like, what are the things that they're looking to get out of the trip? And kind of talking about that, they're usually able to really, really narrow down their search. And sometimes they knew where they wanted to go and they just didn't know that they knew where they wanted to go. So it's kind of talking through and making sure I'm asking those pointed questions that I've just learned through experience to ask is how I help people narrow down what they want to do and what's going to be a good fit for them. Mm -hmm. Sort of like, um, you know, people would say, well, some people would say, well, I do all my own investments. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I am not, that is not what I'm good at. So I go to a professional and they, you know, people that know how to do that kind of thing. And, and that's, it's the same way with travel, I guess. Like, yes, yes. You know, when you, exactly you consult like with a professional, like somebody that can really help you make the most of the money that you have to spend on a travel vacation and also to get you the vacation that suits you and your, you know, everyone, everyone's different, right? Um, yes, and everybody do... wants a different atmosphere and a, a different mm-hmm. vibe. And, you know, if you stay at this resort in Mexico, it's going to be completely different than if you stay at a resort three, three addresses down. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be a totally different environment, different vibe. So when you talk to a travel agent, you're going to be able to get that information and really get a tailored vacation that's going to fit to what you're looking for. So what are some of the places that you visited or that you want to visit in the future? Okay. So visited mm-hmm. <laughs> is a very long list. Um, I've been to the Caribbean a ton of times, um, including the Bahamas. I've been to Mexico a ton of times. Um, I've been to Cabo, which I guess counts as Mexico, but it's on the other side. So it's worth noting in my opinion. (laughs) Um, I've been to a lot of the States. I've not been to all 50, but I've been to quite a few of them. Um, And I've been to internationally, I've been to Greece and Crete. And I was over in like the Greek Isles for a couple of weeks. I was doing volunteer work with Archelon Sea Turtle Rescue. And that was really, really awesome. Um, So those are all the places that I've been. And then I really want to go to Alaska and Hawaii. Those are my two bucket lists. And I'm going to Alaska Alaska in 2024 and Hawaii in 2026. So I'm really excited about those. I also really want to see um, Iceland. I think Iceland would be amazing to visit. I've heard wonderful things about it. Um, And then like my real real bucket list, the place that I don't know that I'll ever make it, but that would be really, really cool is to see the um, Great Barrier Reef. I would love to go to Australia and be able to see that. Um, I love ocean life and everything that has to do with the ocean. And so I would, I would really love to see the Great Barrier Reef, but I, I don't know that I'll ever make it out that far. I don't know if I could stand the flight. It's a really long flight. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I know. Yeah. So, and I don't know, you are, you know, as a business owner, a lot of us, I think in the blind community have thought about starting our own businesses, you know, and we've sort of, you know, and and a lot of times, of course, we face a lot of discrimination in the job market and it sort of leads some of us to think about starting our own business. 
Do you have any advice? I know that this could be an entire podcast, but any general advice for people who want to start their own uh, business, whatever business that might be? Um, I think definitely believing in yourself is the the main thing. I've wanted to be a travel agent for years and years and years, and I just didn't believe in myself enough to do it. And it took that extra push from my husband to really make it a reality. Um, and there, I, there have been hard times, and it's there are times when there have been times when I've gone months without having a new booking, and that's that's not easy. That's rough, and it's hard on you mentally because you're like, well, what am I doing wrong that no one wants to work with me? Right. What did I do that made people mad? But it's just believing in yourself. And I think having that passion is going to make a big difference as well. Right. And how did you cope during the pandemic? And, you know, from a business perspective, how did that work out for you? Well, so the pandemic was really before I started. So it wasn't a big thing for me business wise. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I had a newborn and that was terrifying. Um but business-wise, it didn't really make a difference because I didn't start my business until March of 2022. Okay. So by then, the pandemic had been sort of winding down pretty much. Yep. Yeah. And, and travel was starting to open up. I mean, there were still regulations that were changing frequently and all different places had different guidelines of what people should do. So there was a lot of changes happening and research I had to do for clients who traveled towards the beginning of my official travel agent career. Um but there wasn't any like huge disruptions that I personally had to deal with. Right. Yeah. Because that was a really, really difficult time. Um, Cause I would listen to travel podcasts and especially the cruise lines were just really struggling. Well, yeah. And they had to completely shut down for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always thought about going on a cruise. So what are the differences in the cruise lines? I mean, they're not all, created equal right <laughs> they are not carnival this, you this have could be a different... whole podcast episode all oh on yeah <laughs> we'll do that we will definitely do that yeah yes. no they are not all created equal and it really depends on what you want to get out of your vacation again that's where those pointed questions come in so i can figure out what line is going to be best for what person so do you um one of the things i often think about with traveling uh, traveling abroad outside of the country. Um, what are some things that people need to think about when they travel abroad? Your documents, travel yes. documents. And that's part of like the terms and conditions of working with me as an agent is that I can tell you what documents you need and how to go about getting them until I am blue in the face. I can hand you all the tools that you need to make this happen. But if you don't do it, <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that. Um, so I think people just don't, they don't really know what's required of them to go to different places or um, what documents they're going to need to get back into the United States. So the documents is 100% the most important thing. And, you know, thinking about the extra things. So do you need to declare that you're bringing a guide dog in and what paperwork do you need for that? Because different countries require different things. Do you need to fill out a form beforehand? Or are you supposed to fill that out when you go through customs? Um, those sorts of things, like I can share that information, but again, like getting those documents is totally on the people that are traveling. Right. 100% though, documents is absolutely the most important thing. Mm-hmm. 
And I know they say that, what is it, the State Department or whoever deals with that right now is super behind in processing that stuff. And yeah. Yeah. It's like Uh, passport renewals right now. The timeline for renewals is six months. So getting your documents early. Again, that goes along with booking the trip early. The earlier you book it, the better your pricing is going to be. And you have more time to get your documents together. (laughs) So Katie, I just want to say this has been just awesome and very interesting. One more question I wanted to ask you. um, How do you keep up with the changes in the travel industry? I mean, Um, so yeah, that's a really great question. A lot of different ways. I would say the main way is I am subscribed to a lot of newsletters, um, travel newsletters, especially for the areas that I specialize in. So I receive those on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day, and I do read through them and make sure that I'm noting these changes. Um, Another way is by doing it and experiencing it myself, um, having that that hands-on firsthand experience. So that's one of the reasons that I have to travel frequently is I have to know what changes have been made and kind of how they look now that they are made. Um, And then I say the last way is probably social media um, because you get to hear people's experiences um, and, you know, like chatting with my clients or texting with them and finding out, you know, what did you like about this trip? What was it that you didn't think was great? What could we improve on in the future? And, you know, you can get that kind of feedback through social media from other people who have experienced that location as well. Great. Well, this has really been awesome. And I really thank you so much for your time. Um, and this is, of course, the first of our uh, podcasts where we're going to be talking with Katie about all sorts of different travel issues. And um, if you would like to send in a question right now, just go ahead and send it to um, feedback at unmute.show. And we'll you know, use your feedback as well um, to yes, absolutely. figure out what our next subjects will be. And I know that travel is an awesome subject and it's awesome that, that you're here and that, that you're in, welcome to the network. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here and I appreciate the opportunity. Did you know on the Unmute Podcast Network every Friday, Lynn sits down and chats about three tech news stories that caught her attention over the last week. If you're interested in a quick recap of stories you may not have heard, check out Friday Finds with Lynn every Friday. Find Unmute in your favorite podcast app and send us an email to feedback at unmute.show with stories you think Lynn should check out. Stay abreast with this week's news updates.